In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're going to have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. All right, we're going to be finishing our Marketing Fire series that we've been doing all October today, talking about lighter fluid or really paid advertising in your business. So we're going to go through Google ads, Facebook ads, Yelp, print advertising, all of that different stuff where we can be tempted to spend money. Sometimes it's a good idea. Sometimes it is not. We're going to be talking all of that. But Nicole, so excited for this cohort number two of your rectal course that is closing today. Doors closed, yeah? Yes, doors closed today. If this is something that you've been thinking about, you just need to do it. This is actually one of my favorite courses. I mean, I love all of my courses. They're really big passion points for me, passion projects for me. I usually make a course when I either get a ton of questions or I see something in our field that is just really needs to be addressed. And I've talked about this before, but long story short is that I cannot tell you how many times I've seen someone from either our out-of-town program or spoken with someone with a remote consultation program or in my mentorship of my staff or, you know, they've been taught somewhere else and they come to Pelvic Sanity and we have to revisit why rectal treatment should not be just an afterthought. It should be a part of a comprehensive pelvic floor rehab assessment And when you start to look at it like that, then I can guarantee you, you will get different, better, and longer lasting results for your patients. Period. End of story. It is just so important. There have been so many times where what I have thought is going on or what I thought I was going to feel in a rectal exam is actually not what's happening in the pelvic floor. Or vice versa, I found something there that I could not feel transvaginally. And it's just such a super important part of our tools that we can use for a thorough evaluation. And I feel like most of the time we are using it way later in the plan of care than we should, either as a complete afterthought, as a Hail Mary as a, well, I guess we could try this and you present it to the patient super shitty and you're getting weird and they're weird about it now. And now it's like, well, we can just check it one time real quick. And then you're not even really assessing there because you're trying to get out so quick. And it's just like a big, huge clusterfuck. And and honestly, like I get really passionate about this because it's half of the pelvic floor. There's so many structures there that you can feel better 
if you have a patient with that access point, and certainly if you have patients with two access points of the pelvic floor, then you've got to use both of them for the most thorough assessment. So get the damn course. (laughs) And I think that one of the things that's really good about it as well is that it's not a colorectal diagnosis course at all. In fact, you want to get that, go to some other course for that. Like that's not what we're talking about. We review that stuff for sure. I always review anatomy in my courses. So there's anatomy review in there, but it's how to talk to your patients about it, how to bring it up. What are you doing? And then it's also goes through a ton of diagnoses that we see every single day, some colorectal in nature and most of them not, vaginismus, vulvodynia, interstitial cystitis, and goes through the clinical reasoning, the anatomical reasons, and the actually how-tos of why you should be considering a transrectal assessment of the pelvic floor in each of those different diagnoses. I've never seen anything like it done like that, and it's so important to reframe it because if you learn it like that, then that's literally how you present it to your patient. And game over. Your patients be getting better. Right. Incredibly practical. That doors close today. You'll get $50 off. You get access to a live Q&A with Nicole. And you'll get to be part of rectal number two. (laughs) Okay. Ba-doom. There it is. We don't have any drums here yet. Yeah, we need a little uh we need a little sound thing. Oh, we could, maybe we could do that, do you think? Whatever it Podcast is. Podcast RJ, we gotta talk to you about like adding sound. Yeah, can we can we get some sound? We effects? can't do them too much. Because that's annoying. It's not possible to do them too much, is what you mean. <laughs> so let's turn back to marketing. So this is part four. If you guys have missed October's marketing series, I would highly recommend going and listening to it. In order, it will make much more sense as you go through. But we make the comparison of marketing as a fire and building a well-proportioned fire is going to give you light and heat for a much longer time than one that's out of whack. So in our first part here, we talked about the marketing logs, the things that take a long time to catch, but then are super powerful for your business. They kick off light and heat for a long period of time with minimal effort. We talked last week about kindling, the stuff that will burn fast, burn quick, but also burns out. And now you need to go and redo that. You need to get more people there. Today, we're going to be talking about lighter fluid. And for me, lighter fluid is basically paid advertising. You're paying to get in front of new eyeballs, someone else's audience. You're getting out of what you could do by yourself, and you're introducing this kind of external accelerant onto your fire. And whether we're talking about Google ads, Facebook ads, Yelp, we'll talk about all of that stuff. But that's where we're talking about with with lighter fluid. And I think the first thing I just want to say, there's a lot of, I think, misinformation out there, a misassumption that you need to be doing this. To be honest, I think your goal should be not needing to do this at all, especially if you're a solopreneur. You can absolutely build an incredible practice without this. Even if you have one or two employees, that's why I love the lighter fluid analogy. Would you rather have a fire that needs a periodic infusion of lighter fluid? Or would you rather have a fire that's just burning on its own and you don't need to keep pouring lighter fluid on it? Yeah, I'd certainly pick the one that doesn't need lighter fluid for a lot of reasons. And so as you're thinking about that, you know, don't let anybody convince you that this is something you have to be doing. And lighter fluid is best when it is working with a base of logs and kindling 
And then it's something that kind of tops that off. That maybe it's something that you use when you've got a new hire who's coming on board and you really want to turn up the spigot on your marketing. That kind of thing, as opposed to there's businesses that we've seen that have really depended on marketing, on depended on lighter fluid. They built their entire fire out of lighter fluid. And that's kind of cool. And it's fun for a while. And it burns bright and big and all of that. And then it freaking fizzles out the second that you light up on that. No, in like a bottle. Yeah, the thing. little squeeze bottle, yeah, right? Yeah, squeeze bottle. So, <laughs> it's like you have to keep doing pressure. And we've on. actually seen this. Um, some of our mentees have had their entire ads stopped because Google, for some reason, their algorithm all of a sudden thinks that that's a sexual thing, right? Because we're advertising for painful intercourse or erectile dysfunction. They can stop everything. We've been in business long enough to see massive increases in prices in both Instagram and Google ads, where all of a sudden that lighter fluid seems like a great way to build your business until the lighter fluid company doubles, quadruples, quintuples their price. I don't know what's after quintuples. Septuples? I don't know, Jesse. You're the math guy. Yes. Uh, Octuples their price. Okay. We're going to say that. So you're really building this fire based on something that you don't have any real control over. You know, the other two things that I want to just point out is, I mean, Nicole, you've seen enough to know this, like paid ads are not easy. Dude, they're a shit ton of work. And that's what I don't, I feel like this is where you get preyed on so bad by these companies that make you feel like you need them and then also make them so complicated at which they objectively are if you do them well. Well, and they're mostly complicated if you're really caring about how much money you're spending. And that's, the, I think, where most people get bamboozled is so the, the people that are marketing to you for paid advertising are making you feel like you have to have them, which is not true necessarily. And then if you decide that you want them, now they are complicating the issue and saying like you really should have someone that's looking at these all the time and this and that and the other thing and that is actually some of it's true which is why it's so compelling because a lot of their marketing actually is true that it is complex it is complicated you do need someone that knows what they're doing you do need someone to pay attention all the time but only so that you don't literally light money on fire and those companies don't always have your best interest at heart in that way. And so it's really like an interesting thing that we've observed. We have also seen other people of our mentees go through and get freaking just rolled over with this kind of stuff. And we have used companies before, both good and bad, that have done this. After Jesse has done this for literal years for us at Pelvic Sanity, for a while. So he's like super expert. And also remember you guys, he's like math whiz, physics major, total nerd, loves diving into this stuff, spreadsheets galore. And so if you're not that kind of a person, you have freaking no business trying to do this by yourself. And then also, do you really need someone to do it for you? And that's like the big question that we have here for you. Do you need a lighter fluid on your fire or is your fire good enough with what you're doing that you don't need that? That's a great summary, Nicole, of all of that. Because we've had months at Public Sanity early on when we couldn't really afford to do it, where we would turn stuff on and all of a sudden we'd lose $2,000 on Google Ads in a month. In a month, guys, with nothing to really show for it. We didn't see a discernible increase in leads. 
And this is the danger of doing it yourself. It was a huge trial and error process for me as I was learning that. I did obviously a ton of deep dives. I've gotten professional help with it. And it can really be a challenge. And then like Nicole was saying, especially for a smaller company, you know, if you're going to go and pay somebody to help run these ads for you, that's great. But they're going to be charging, I would say, a minimum of $750 to $800 a month. And it goes up very steeply from there. You might only want to be running $300 worth of ads. Now you're paying two and a half times your ad spend for somebody to manage your ads. Totally. And then the other thing, too, and you guys, I have listened to Jesse on the phone with these people. And it's almost like I can't believe how much he knows about it to even ask these questions. And... The only reason why we still keep doing it is because, number one, we're, you know, have six clinicians to fill in and it makes sense for us. We've been doing it for a long time, but also because I trust that someone like Jesse can challenge these people and keep these people honest because otherwise it is, it's dicey out there, you guys. And so the whole point to that is not to say that it's wrong for everybody and all that stuff. It's very much right for a lot of folks, but is it right for you? And that's the one thing that we want you to really look at, at this episode and think about, do I actually need lighter fluid on my fire or can I just work on the logs and the kindling and the right proportions and the right timing and all of that and just be really great and super happy with just doing that? You don't necessarily need to get the freaking lighter fluid. And let me add one other little piece in the kind of negative category before we get into the tactics on some of these. Both Google and Instagram, Facebook, who are the same company, Meta, at this point, they make money, as Zuckerberg famously told Congress, because, Congressman, we sell ads. Like, that's what they do. So they're incentivized to put stuff in front of you. So it looks really sexy if you guys have run these or trialed these at all. Oh, your ad on Instagram was shown to extra 2,000 people. Right? They give you statistics that make it look really, really great. But what they're not saying is, wow, you got one extra patient from that or no patients from that. or no, I mean, it's just like, oh, cool, we got a whole bunch of clicks from this. Well, what did that actually translate to in your business? If you're not really paying attention, you can get seduced by those. Kind of the same way in social media, we get seduced by, oh, man, I got so many likes on this post or I got this much reach and it looks really cool. It's a dopamine hit when you're looking at your statistics. But... Facebook likes never paid anybody's bar tab. Yes, totally. And what the other thing that I will say is that when you get people to help you with this, if you do, then they don't usually understand the pelvic health business. And so what a lot of times these likes and clicks are doing are putting you towards lead gens. Well, Jesse is like already fuming out through his ears about the word lead gens because when somebody that is local, that is in your area that has a pelvic floor problem is on your website. We do not need to distract them and take them away from that and have them read a freaking free ebook on whatever that they don't have or that's tangentially related to that. They want you want them to call you. And so this whole thing of paid advertising, it's multifactorial, it's complex, complex. and and in our specific specialty business with the nature of what we need to be saying and marketing, a lot of times it gets shuts down and people don't understand what we're doing and they don't understand our 
like who we're trying to reach and why we're trying to reach them. Or you're getting a lead that calls you and is asking what kind of medications you can prescribe and what kind of injections you do. Totally. Because they clicked on your ad because they said pedental neuralgia help. And all of a sudden they're on your... So that's all of the negative. Now, let me talk about (laughs) the positive. Are you sure there is some positive? There is some positive. And, you know, if I was going to really put my finger on it, I would say if you've got... The threshold for me is usually like two to three practitioners. If you've got three practitioners on your staff that you have to to feed, I would be thinking about these. Honestly, if you have less than that, I wouldn't. I think it, it all the reasons that we just said, and I think a lot of people get in trouble with it, but it is powerful. We do use them a lot at Pelvic Sanity, so it's not that they don't have a place. And so if I was going to kind of walk you through the priorities, I think the first one you should consider is Google Ads. The great thing about Google Ads is you're getting people who are actually looking for your service, who have the problem, they're searching for it. It's what we would call in the industry a hot lead. Someone is searching for pelvic floor physical therapy near me or pelvic floor physical therapy interstitial cystitis. So you can put your ad in front of them when they're looking for you and that they're actually looking for the kind of service that you want. So that, to me, is the most powerful type of advertising. If you're going to pay for ads, that is where I would start. Now, another just kind of statistic here to throw out, this really helps. First of all, 95% of people who see your ad are not going to click on it. And of the people who click on your ad, who objectively have a pelvic floor issue, they're searching for it, they're local, you've narrowed the location to the point where they should be relatively local, 95% of those will not contact you. And then you guys know your own conversion rates, hopefully, of 50 or 60 or 70% of people who contact you actually book. Now, all of a sudden, you got really excited about getting a click and somebody on your website for $4. And it's like, well, if you need 95 of those in order to get somebody, that starts to add up pretty quickly. So, But I would focus first on Google Ads. I think that is the most powerful of the paid advertising is, is where I would start. From there, I would probably go to Facebook or Instagram. And again, a lot of you guys won't need to go from there. If you're going to pick one, I would honestly pick Google Ads because it's people who are actually looking for the service. So when you get into Instagram or Facebook ads, the real problem is you're just interrupting people when they're scrolling. They're not looking for your stuff. In fact, your stuff is an annoyance to them, right? You're going through and all of a sudden it's like, do you have vaginismus? It's like, Gosh darn it. Even if I do, I'm not really paying attention right now. Or, or you get like the looky-loos too to be like, what's vaginismus? Right? right? And you're like, look, look here. And then it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Oh, interesting. But they're not actually going to be like, oh, my God, I need this right now. Yes. I mean, you maybe one in a and whatever. Which is the thing. Ask yourselves how many of you, let's assume that your pricing is where it needs to be at $150, $175, $200, $250 a session. How many of you have been scrolling through Instagram, seen an ad, and been like, yes, I need that massage therapist, that acupuncturist, that thing for $250 and spent it right then and there? Yeah, and I think Jesse's making a great point because I think all of us were about ready to say, oh my gosh, I am a sucker for Instagram ads all the time for products that don't cost that much money. That's what we all get bamboozled with, where I'm swiping up for fucking pillow slides and learn more about some freaking cool, cute dress that I realize is like $30 from 
cup she in China and I'm like, ah, shit, I don't think I want to do that. Or maybe I do because it's only $15. And like, that's the kind of stuff that we're doing on Instagram and Facebook ads. Most people, and if you're an anomaly, you write us in, but most people are going to not look at that and be like, oh, right, my medical condition that I'm really worried about, I'm going to swipe up and then also pony up the money for that at that time at 3 a.m. Right. So that's the challenge with Facebook and Instagram ads. And so that's why I would prioritize them way below Google ads. And frankly, a lot of people run Google ads and don't do Instagram ads. That's totally fine. But to what Nicole says, I just look at your own behavior, right? We've all had those kind of, you've had two glasses of wine and you're scrolling Instagram and now all of a sudden you've got something arriving at your door two days later that you don't quite remember what it was, but... I remember I got bamboozled by that stupid, what did I, oh, that earwax cleaner thing. Oh, that thing <laughs> looks so good. I saw that video and I, I know why like, you got bamboozled. Oh my God. I was like, that is really awesome. I think I might need that. I and don't it's, even. It's from Norway. And I was like, dude, Norway, <laughs> they seem to have it figured out, man. They've got skis. They do the biathlon. Like if they do an earwax remover thing, they're not fucking around. They've got good healthcare. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. They're one of the happiest countries in the world. It's probably because of this earwax cleaner. <laughs> And it comes as a piece of shit, and it's just, like, the worst. And it doesn't actually help my earwax problem. Right. Nicole (laughs) can't even hear what we're saying right now, guys. That's how bad this thing is. Anyway, so, but that's the kind of thing. Like, those are the kinds of ads that are working on that stuff. It's not, and I'm not a repeat customer of that place, right? They run on volume like that. We're not, you all are not running on volume with pelvic floor rehab ads. Like, seriously, let's... Come back to planet Earth here for a second. Yes. And I've got 15 seconds to talk about Yelp. Don't do it. (laughs) They're going to bother you. They're going to call you all the time. Just say no. But Jesse, we do it. No, we don't. Oh, we stopped? Oh, yeah. Just kidding. We did stop. We did do it for a while. Again. We did it for a while. This is the the thing about us being in business for seven plus years and having as many... Like, we've tried everything. And, you know, that's one of the reasons that we can talk so confidently about all these different areas of marketing is that we've done it. And did and not see about results. paid Yelp. Paid Yelp. You can still have your profile. You can still have all of your things, but do not go and pay Yelp. No matter how many times they call you at what time of night, you do not need to do Yelp ads. I would also say the same thing. I have not yet seen something for print advertising that looked like a good ROI for me. It's basically like a less technologically savvy version of Facebook and Instagram ads. You know, no one is scrolling through their local magazine and being like, oh, I I hope that I find somebody who's going to help my burning vagina in these pages today. (laughs) Right. Totally. I mean, the thing is, is that when you're talking about what is going to be lighter fluid for your business and for your marketing fire, if you're going to do it, you need to assess, do you need it? And is it going to work? And how often am I going to have to Do this for the ROI to make sense. Yep. And are you willing to pay to be at the table long enough to make it worthwhile? Because that's the other thing here is it took us a long time and a lot of money to figure this out. And I would say probably I conservatively, I would guess that we wasted like just literally wasted 20 to $25,000 in the first two years we were doing this. Nicole's looking at me like, I didn't know that. I was like, no, well, you should yes, look at the I books. Did. I, I right. knew that. No, I, I would have going to say it was even more. Right. I would have get right. So that's our experience. Now, 
learn from us, right? That's why we're helping teach this stuff. That's why we want you guys in things like the accelerator program or this podcast, all that. But that was our experience with it. There will be some waste in that. There will be a learning curve. And if you're really conscious about where the money is coming from and the money flow, this is going to be a little bit challenging. But I would definitely, if you're going to do this, be thinking about prioritizing Google ads. And that's going to be your number one place where you can spend money on this lighter fluid. So that's kind of it for this marketing fire. I hope that has given you guys a new perspective on your marketing, on why maybe you were frustrated with how things were going, on making sure that you're set up for long-term success. And I will say this, and this is something that we talk a lot about, it's the momentum of your marketing. So this would go to, in that analogy, don't let your fire burn out. Don't even really let it get down to the point where it's almost burnt out and it's coals. It is so much easier to keep a fire going by regularly maintaining it, by poking it, by adding an extra log, by throwing an extra bit of kindling on, whatever that is, than it is to have to start that whole thing over. And we've seen that enough where that that really is the roller coaster of marketing where, you know, you do marketing, you get full, and then you neglect your marketing to the point that it burns out. And now you're having to go back and restart that fire. And it is so much more effort than it would have been to just put 30 minutes, an hour, whatever that is in each week to your marketing fire. Like that would be one of our big recommendations is keep that momentum, keep that fire burning. Yeah, tend to the fire. I mean, I feel like that is like literally why mankind exists is because evolutionarily we were tending to that fire it takes work it takes time and your time is going to be more efficient if your fire has both logs and kindling and maybe the occasional lighter fluid for those of you who it makes sense to do that but at the end of the day it takes a little bit of work it takes effort it takes energy and we just want to make sure that you're not overdoing it in some area and expecting a different result or underdoing it in another area. We need the proportions to be good for whatever your business needs. And we want you to make the tending to it efficient and not let it burn out. Absolutely. So if this is something that has been helpful, we are really glad about that. We wanted to focus on that this month of October. We also do a ton more talking about this in a ton of detail. And and the step-by-step thing through this is all in the Accelerator program. It's one of the three pillars of what we do is marketing and sales. So if you are a business owner and have not been through that, that is coming up. Make sure you get on the wait list for that as well. So we hope you've enjoyed this series. We really love talking about this stuff. If you guys have thoughts, questions, concerns, anything regarding these episodes, we always love hearing from you. We want to keep this conversation going. And let's continue to rise. Rise.